Hello once again, Bill Board with the North Carolina Study Center Daily Devotion. Yesterday, I mentioned uh, my friend Kevin Compton's conversation that he had with uh, two students of ours that I helped facilitate and how he emphasized the golden rule um, as he goes about pursuing venture capitalism. And I encourage you to find that uh, interview uh, that video that's going up on our website this evening, it was an astounding uh, hour of conversation full of practical wisdom and some really uh, pretty interesting stories as well from things like the founding of uh, Google and Amazon uh, and, and such as that. What took me aback, I think, by that was just how Kevin, something as simple um and what some people even would say is kind of passe is the golden rule that he unashamedly says that for him that is the uh, one of five critical keys to operating a venture capital firm and to uh, mentoring young CEOs. And he thinks of the five things he emphasizes that uh, the golden rule far outweighs anything else. So today when I received a phone call from a friend in Texas asking if I would do some teaching in a couple of weeks over a Zoom call with students from the University of Texas, uh, where in 1995 Martha and I founded a campus ministry, uh, I said, well, of course. And he said, well, we're, we're just teaching on the parables, and you're early on here, so you can choose which one. And Perhaps because I had been in Matthew 7 yesterday, I ended up there again. I was looking for kind of an early parable, um, something really, really foundational. And I'd forgotten that the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, right after the golden rule, um, Jesus talks about entering through the narrow gate. Then he talks about watching out for false prophets. And the next thing we know, verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and the house fell with a great crash. And we simply read, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Uh, what caught my attention here today was that just like in the Golden Rule, here, just a few verses later, in the very last thing that Matthew records Jesus saying in the Sermon on the Mount is an emphasis um, on putting into practice our faith. Uh, the golden rule is do unto others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And then Jesus in similar vein, says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice 
is like a wise man, and contrary, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. And in fact, the common thing here at the end is that Jesus says, the world in which we live will be full of rain. Uh, it will be full of floods. It will be full of hurricanes. You know, The rain will come down. The streams will rise. The winds will blow and beat against the house. And the question is simply, upon what is the house built? And Jesus says that that, that house built on the rock, it has to do with putting into practice what we hear from him. Now, there are some Christians who emphasize that our salvation is by grace through faith and this uh, the gift of God, not by works, so that no man may boast. They, they emphasize that to such an extent that you get the idea at times that what you do is meaningless. That's not what you read in the scriptures, though. We do read that we are saved by grace through faith in this not of ourselves, but it is a gift from God. So we're saved by the work of Christ. That said, um, Christ Jesus unites us to himself, and as he begins to renew us, though certainly that work is not complete until the new heavens and the new earth, he begins to renew us just not... Um, just in mind and heart, but in, in body and in soul, so that we become unified persons once again. And there, there begins to be a, um, an indivisible relationship between what we hear, what we say, and what we do. And one of the chief evidences for this is simply a yearning to be able to love our neighbor the way we've been loved, to be able to put into practice uh, the wisdom of God in Christ, uh, this love for neighbor that we have experienced, even when we were God's enemies. Um, and I would argue this is what the Apostle Paul teaches. This is what uh, James teaches as well when he says... Um, you know, you tell me that you believe, well, show me you believe by your works. All that to say, uh, here in Matthew 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of practical implication, and living in a time like we're living right now is so important, I think, for us as Christians to be encouraged and, and to remember that small uh, tasks of hospitality, small ways of showing love to our neighbor. Whether it's a gentle word that turns back wrath or whether it's keeping our mouth shut or whether it's uh, baking bread or uh, offering to help with a simple task. Uh, things like this always go a long ways, but perhaps especially at such a tender uh, time as this in our culture. The Lord bless you and keep you. Look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Bye-bye.